The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. Excuse me. Click. And we're live. It is Friday, October 1st, 2001, 2021, 5.01 p.m. I was only 20 years <laughs> off. Don't mind me. Um, uh, Luke has the monologue today, except that he's not here. Um, we have a special <laughs> guest host today, um, uh, which is to say Luke... Um, and he will be here a little later. We're going to defer the monologue until he gets here. We are not allowed to have fun anymore, but it is cheese night. Yeah. Scott is shirking his cheese night duties. Uh, because he is of... like, to his credit, he did get up at like seven o'clock in this morning. And like that God forsaken hour because of Lisa making him schedule like their class at 8 a.m., on um on a friday to teach. well so. you know it it happens uh when you teach with former fbi officials they're used to having 7 a.m meeting meetings and uh they do the early rising thing oh wait is luke here no no he's gone luke is with his dad right now ah. <laughs> protesting a little bit luke. <laughs> he had so many he things to Yes, exactly. He had right. so many things to catch up on on the news because I've been a delinquent. So he was voicing all of his opinions at once. <laughs> yeah, there's so, a, a lot to catch up on. Um, we have uh, no agenda today mm -hmm. um, other than Luke catching up on the news. Um, uh, we are just going to shoot the shit. Uh, Kate has an op-ed in the New York Times today, as does Luke. Um, uh, uh, we've got uh, an open mic for those who want to join us. So, like, uh, you know, just uh, do your thing. And, of course, there's cheese. Yeah. Things are uh, good over here. Oh. I know. That was great. <laughs> Father, the Gouda joke. I'm really just like I'm a little off my game today, um, or right on it, depending on your yeah, depending on your dad joke tolerance. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I uh, well, I, um... uh, Paula has a perfectly deranged question on behalf of herself and Mateo. She writes, "Me and Mateo want to know, which should be Mateo and I want to know, Paula." <laughs> If you would sell pics of your feet online for money, we got into a heated debate. So Where? When? I'm, like, what? I think we need the story behind this. I've actually this. thought about this before, so I, this, I have answers. This is a definite thing. Yeah, totally. Is. Yeah. I thought about this. It is? Like, Do yeah. people... Wait, Paula... Uh, Paula can explain it, but I can also explain it to set it All right. up. Paula is audible. Her camera's not on for some reason. What the heck is this question about? <laughs> so I don't know how we got to this topic, but we did. <laughs> and um, so basically, I think he has said his argument is pro-choice on selling feet. Um, that for a reasonable amount of money, and if there was sufficient distance from the person, that he would do it. Um, okay, that's he, not pro-choice. That's just like a choice. He's like pro, and his choice. I mean, is no pro. one's no one's proposing to ban. Yeah, that's like that's sales, what I mean. Right? He's not like anti having a choice or pro having a choice he about made... the feed. He's like in favor. He would do this thing for the right dollar amount. Is that like pro podiatry? Tria or or philia pediatrophilia or something yeah. like, so wait, you just said it's clear. not pedophilia yeah <laughs> i can promise you that you pedophilia can if you would like um, i don't know if you can come on but so i wait think... a minute paula just so that we're clear 
I take it these are people who sell pictures of their feet for foot fetishists. I'm guessing um, he he. So that was he gave a great argument, which was that I mean, even if you were working at a really great law firm and you like got a you know summer associate you know, or an associate's like salary, you could probably make more selling feet online um, at much lower efforts. This was <laughs> not where I thought uh, the, the question was going. How much oh, this do is exactly where I thought the question was but going. What the hell is We're bringing Matteo on <laughs> to add to this because- okay, um, call me crazy, by the way, because I said there was you're crazy. no amount of money that okay. I would ever accept to sell my feet online. And he said, I just I want to say, I have excellent feet and okay. I'm proud of my feet and I would give them away. I, I, um, I have no need to earn. I, I, I earn a perfectly good <clears throat> living. Anybody who wants pictures of my feet. No one wants um, pictures of your feet. Then. I, apparently not. <laughs> no one's beating down my door for them. Um, so but uh, so the answer is, would I sell pictures of my feet? Yes, I would even give them okay, away. Okay, so that's great because I said that you would for sure. <laughs> and I also said that Scott would. But I, I don't need money for it. I mean, I, right. I, just, I don't, not shy about my feet. Be quiet for one second. I have to tell you what this is about. This is like, it is 100% for people who derive some type of like, like, like kind of, um, pleasure about having like not always like it's not always sexual but like they will ask you to take pictures of your feet in various positions like with type of like with like certain color nail polish and a certain type of shoe now, i'm not gonna put nail polish okay my feet. it's not about you just let me finish this is like, like, <laughs> i'm just thinking about it from a personal <laughs> angle here. the question paula asked the question would you sell pictures of your feet okay but you thought that, like, but this is the con, like, the question, I mean, like, if it was, like, would you sell a picture of your elbow, and it was just a picture of your elbow, yeah, and that's all it I was, you, someone would do that. But the whole point is that it is what makes someone kind of not want to do this, is that it has, like, this sexual connotation to it, and it feels kind of sleazy to, like be art directed in your feet or like have know that your feet are being used in like this way so i just want to say that when i was in college this was like a thing that people talked about to make money and also that there were like these parties you could go to and people would like you would get paid like a thousand dollars an hour to like have people like, and they would have ads for this in like the Brown Daily Herald or whatever. And it would be like, you had to look a certain way. It wasn't just about your feet. That's because it was like a whole sexual thing. It was like, you had to be like a certain level of attractiveness and also have nice feet. But why would anyone care if you were of a certain level of attractiveness <laughs> if the picture were only of your feet? It's not a picture. This is what I'm talking about. Like, it's not just the picture. Well, in this case, it's not a picture. Yes, in this case, not a picture. But like people would go and like, pay like a thousand dollars and let someone massage your feet and like you wouldn't there wouldn't necessarily be any type of sexual contact or anything like that but you would know that they were getting kind of some type of sexual gratification of something you didn't see as sexual and that is like i think the interesting differential in like would you do it or wouldn't you do it would you let someone do x to you that you don't find sexual but they do like, okay, so like, does that so make sense? Let's talk about That's, first of all how is this good, issue arose. Yeah, I agree. That's actually the exact part of the issue where Paula and I started to disagree. My point was that they could do that to you anyway, without your permission and without financial compensation. Uh, I'm walking around outside, and my likeness is available for anyone. I know exactly where to, you are right now. Um, between Morse and uh, Styles College. Yeah, you're like yeah. at that weird spot. You, you're like at that weird bridge. Are you at the weird bridge? Yeah, I'm on the bridge. Oh, ha 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 ha. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's weird. Yeah, but there is, um, but that is the weird part, right? Like that, Ben, trust yeah. me that, like, if you found, like, yes, they could do this to you anyways. People could take pictures of your feet surreptitiously. People do do this all the time. Or go over, you know, hundreds of hours of videos of your face online. Yeah. Okay, but, but yeah. hang on a second. So just so that we understand, Mateo, your position is 
somebody wants a picture of my feet and they're willing to give me uh, X amount of money. Uh, it's only a question of how quick I can get my socks off. Like Okay. And Paula, your position is never under any circumstances would you knowingly give somebody a picture of your feet uh, for gratification purposes. But if they happen to take one surreptitiously and you don't know about it, it's fine if they have one for free. I don't want anyone to have anything of my feet. Uh, but when you're at the places, beach, by your, I mean, when you're at the beach and you're walking around barefoot, you have no idea who's got a long range camera and is snapping a picture no, of your feet, I don't. right? But yeah. if I saw someone with a long range camera, I would hide my feet. Protect those pinky toes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Kate, you're, you're with Paula on this. No one's taking pictures of your feet. No, uh, I'm like, with... I'm like solidly indecisive. I was very like. That's so fun. That's what we said for you. <laughs> we wrote predictions for how the four of you would uh, react to this. And we're two for two. So I, we're two, yeah, you're two I, for like, two. I, like, you got. I almost you, we got you. this in college. And then I was like, nope, I feel skeezed. But I would yeah. do it. In there, but nope, I feel a little skeezed. No, we, yeah. I don't That's do what it. we said. We said that Ben's going to be like, it's money. And we said that Kate's going to be. No, no, that wasn't my position. Gross. You yeah. got me What's wrong. Position? My position Excuse is you. My position is you want you a picture of my feet. I'll send you a goddamn picture of my feet. There's nothing cool secret about my feet. We're not, no but, one. Yeah, here and we said that Kate was going to be split between it's gross and like I've done harder work for less money. All right, GDF. Where are you on uh, on feet pictures? This is the best question we've ever had on this show what if i make it an nft <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh that's, that's good um i bet someone's tonight. done that though yeah <laughs> um i would uh, that aside probably no it's just three no. for three okay we <laughs> went three for three so so what, you, what did you, you predict guess? for scott we said Scott we would. Said, we said you and Scott yeah. would. Kate would be indecisive. And then GDF would say no. So we got to text Scott and see yes. no, uh, what I the answer really is. I don't think that this is. No, don't text Scott. We Why have not? At, because I think that, like, it, you have to be in the moment. And he's not. We're not going to be able to. I'll stop by his office on Monday. And I'll just, Yes. Stop by uh, his office hours, Mateo. And report <laughs> back after you explain this to him. All right. This is clearly yeah. a poll. <laughs> <laughs> Would you give oh my God. someone a picture of your feet? Nina. <laughs> yes. Nina for like, money. Staring at all right now. Yes. With or without money. Nina's not even profiting. I know. She's just giving it away. <laughs> all right, like, it's hey. up. Paula, do you remember how this came up? Because I don't. Yeah, I don't really want to know. Can we just like not? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys are adorable. Uh, I'm dismissing you both. Um, uh, when the next time you have a good argument about something like this, be sure to bring it up on the show. Yeah, and please make sure that you write down these predictions. And I like this game of like guessing what. We yeah. Uh, and for all the rest of you, uh, this is a model of the kind of question we want uh, <laughs> no, on cheese night. No, this is absolutely only like, I feel very, I think I would like, I really like that this was Paula and Mateo's like <laughs> idiot college dorm room, late night kind of question. Like, hey, that's Paula. Just... Paula's in law school. She no, is I know not that, it's the same an time. idiot college student anymore. Oh my gosh, I know, <laughs> She's but now Genevieve. an idiot one now. Yeah. But Genevieve, right? This is, this is the type of thing you'd stay up until like three o'clock in the morning debating with your like dormant. Heatedly, extremely yes. heatedly. Yes. And you, then you, at a certain point, you watch the sun come up over like your radiator. Because your you, feet. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> and then we all take pictures in solidarity, which we cannot release. Daniel, <laughs> would you sell pictures of your feet, give them away or none of the above? Or make an NFT. No. Yeah. NFT. Just no. No NFT? No. no pictures of my feet, especially not online. <laughs> All right. Your question. Oh my God. So yeah. I'm wondering, 
Are you guys surprised that Chuck Schumer and the Democrats more generally are playing the game of political chicken with the debt ceiling? I have thoughts on this, uh, but uh, I will go last if others do. You go first. I have no idea what's going on, uh, as per usual. So, like, so I, I am not surprised. Do you have thoughts on this, Genevieve? I mean, I I would want, ideally, if I was in his position, to make it a bipartisan thing. And that's about the end of my thought. So here is why I think what Schumer's doing makes sense. Um, so the the minority leader um mcconnell is trying to force democrats to take full responsibility for the debt ceiling increase and um that is a completely unreasonable thing um but uh there's not a lot that schumer can do about it um because you can't force people to vote yes on a debt ceiling increase what you can do uh is do the equivalent of what barack obama did after the last debt ceiling crisis and in 2011 there was a debt ceiling crisis pretty similar to this one actually uh different in important ways similar in other ways and after that obama simply said i am not negotiating over the debt ceiling again and when he said that, the Republicans buckled um, because they were, they were, this was in 14 or 15, I forget which. And uh, the, uh, the idea, once he said, I will not cave, I'm not negotiating over this, this just has to happen. Uh, he kind of called their bluff. And I think that is what Schumer is doing here. He's saying, I'm not going to change my plans at all. I'm going to move ahead and you've got to give me 10 votes. Doesn't have to be like the whole caucus or anything, but you got to give me 10 votes so that we move this ahead. And if you don't, the train will crash. Um, and I think actually when McConnell realizes that he's doing this, and that he's not going to reorient, uh, McConnell will fold because he actually can't tolerate uh, a, uh, a debt ceiling crisis. And they folded last time this happened, and I think that's what Schumer's up to. So can that's, I, uh, that's, I, the, uh, that's my guess as to what's going on. Can I ask like kind of a dumb question? Was it a similar situation where a lot of the stuff that was included in the, like the, that needed to be funded was already like authorized prior and that's why the debt ceiling needed to be increased the last time as well? Yes, that's always the reason the yeah. debt ceiling needs to be increased because yeah. you've spent enough money and borrowed enough money that you are up against it. It's always based on past spending. So how come the messaging isn't that much more in their face? Like that's something that I I, I had to dig to understand that. And I feel like that's how could you write a check and then not pay for it? <laughs> like as a I don't know. Sorry. This is I, no, 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 it's I a think great it's a, it's a I, I think just because messaging is hard when you're trying to spend uh, three and a half trillion dollars on top of one trillion dollars on top of five trillion dollars. Yeah. And then the words debt ceiling come out of your mouth. Uh, people assume that you're lifting the debt ceiling in order to fund the spending that you want to do. And, uh, and so McConnell is very cleverly saying, I'm not going to vote or our, our people are not going to vote to help you lift the debt ceiling to fund your spending spree. And the fact that that's sort of like saying, you know, I'm not going to um, uh, mambo dog face to the banana patch. I mean, it's just gibberish. Um, uh, I is, haven't heard that phrase in a very long time, but that was it was pretty, Steve Martin's old. Yeah, I know uh, it's, it's uh, really, but that's really it was like a nice throwback. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's about as makes about as much sense as saying that, uh, but they can get away with it, so they say it anyway, um, and um, and 
So you have to respond to it as a who blinks. Um, do you blink in the sense that uh, you believe that, like, that you reorient your your reconciliation package around this, in which case you really screw up your, you know, your plans for the Build Back Better bill? Or do you say, I don't believe you'll do this. And, um, and I think what Schumer is doing is at least testing the waters on the idea that maybe McC not just McConnell, but Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, etc., won't let an actual default happen. And so while they may not vote to lift the debt ceiling, they will vote to uh, invoke cloture to let the Democrats vote to lift the debt ceiling. That's my assumption about what's going on. Hmm. All right, who's next? Corwin Schlump. Um, I don't have an opinion about Corwin's question, but maybe some of the others of you do. Um, Tony Kava is here, he's coming on. And Shailesh has a question for Kate. So we've got lots of uh, people invited on. Whoever shows up first gets the next question. Shailesh, you got here first. Hello. Hey, hey. Uh, Hi. I'm sorry if you're bored of more questions about the about yesterday's topic, but sorry, I have to ask. Um, no, go ahead. So first of all, thanks for being a voice of reason in all of this. It's really- for, for, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. What'd you say? Oh, thanks for being a voice of reason in this. Oh, right? um, but but here's my question. So what are the best proposals you have seen on how to actually measure the harm caused caused by social networks? And as a background, sort of the way I generally tend to think about it is content recommendation algorithms are created to maximize engagement, user engagement and ad revenue. So why would they magically also maximize social good? Like there is no nothing in the cost function that would make them do that. So would make what? Like the companies like, or the or the content moderation? No, I mean if you design an ML algorithm to get user in it, maximize user engagement, it's mm -hmm. not also accidentally going to maximize social good. Those are no, no, exactly. Yeah. So it seems safer to assume that there is a problem and start tracking it. But then, which bring, brings back to the question, like in a public health setting or something like that, how do you actually measure harm? Yeah, no, that's like a really great question. So first of all, just like in a machine learning environment in an AI environment, as you're saying, that is all about user engagement. And Facebook is all about user engagement, which is like how long you're on the site, how many ads you click on, when you actually spend money, when you go to an external site, how long you, what your bounce rate is from that site, like all of this stuff, right? Um, is all things that like has driven their value. And they do that, not just like when they, I'm sure you can appreciate this Shailesh, they're like, those metrics are not just, and I think this is actually super important. Those metrics are not just like um, for shareholders. They actually, one of the reasons I think, and we'll talk to people in Silicon Valley, that they've been successful and maybe they are such kind of the maniacal antisocial company that people think is because they tie almost every single person that works for the company to that exact metric. Like, how can you show us at your quarterly review, like exactly how you have contributed to user growth. So if your job is like, or to like, or to like user, to more user engagement. So if your job is like to take down content, which like definitely like, it's hard to show that, right? There isn't a, so it's not a particularly well rewarded thing. So to your point, but, but that's not actually even ML, that's just the human element. Um, but I think that's important, but to the ML element, and this is what the measurement points was in the piece is that like, I don't think, I think that the design of the AI was like relatively neutral to maximize user engagement. I think that over time, users have become more sophisticated and they have not been able to like, there are things that are net kind of positives or externalities that come out of that kind of matching, I would call it, or matching or recommendation algorithm that 
like you couldn't have predicted or that like we don't know about that are net goods, um, but that also have kind of bad effects. And sometimes there are trade-offs there. And so like my whole point was like, they've only been measuring for this growth element. The growth element has correlated to some good things probably, which we're not like kind of like counting when we think about all this, but we're not, we're definitely not counting the harms. So like maybe like expand what this metric looks like instead of just me, but like economists, engineers, like everything are all driven by like, they like things they can like count easily. So like, this is one of those things, like more users, more time is a very like easy line to draw, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I mean, that's why I, I mean, this almost seems to me like a job for CDC. I mean, I don't see a distinction between measuring sort of, you know, epidemiological, you know, factors and this. Uh, like digital well-being, and and that's why it's not just about social networks. I really like that you point that out. Like it's screen time and digital well-being and sort of long-term impact on our mental health. And at that point, it really starts looking like a problem for CDC and not for regulators to shut down companies here and there. Like that's not going to do anything. But yeah, that's, that's totally. I just think that like the like the I forget what was your first question. I like about the. No, it, it was basically what are the proposals like, oh, the from proposal. academia on how to measure harm? Because we can't even, it seems like we don't even agree on what metrics quantify harm correctly. Yeah, so I think that the thing that is causing the most discomfort and the most backlash, if we kind of look inward to ourselves and what we're really upset with about the companies, is our, our lack of power and control. And I think like over our environment, that like we are like to talk to you i like have to go on to facebook and i have you know and like you know or whatever else um so there's a couple of or like every time i log on to facebook i don't have the ability to block ben like or dog shirts or whatever it is that like is so offensive to me why would you want to <laughs> block dog shirts i'm just kidding i'm just if i was virginia it's heffernan that would idea. be something that i would be very <laughs> upset about um but my only point is is like those so the, the last part about dog shirts, that's something you can kind of create with a middleware API type of solution that's kind of on the top. The other part is like a data portability or interoperability thing. An ability to basically just kind of like we did with AOL Time Warner merger when we said, let's break off AOL Instant Messenger. And they said this yesterday, but like that you have the ability to take the piece that you like and take it somewhere else and use it amongst other types of things and group it how you want. Of course, that is some of that is going to have to happen in regulation antitrust. Uh, some of that is going to happen in good old fashioned regulation. And the other thing is just plain old transparency. Like I think that we really need transparency around yeah. what the rules are. So like we can make informed choices about where we take our data when we have the ability to do it. Like, why do we want to put it at Facebook or why do we want to put it at something else? Like, you know, if you don't know the rule sets of different places, if you don't have visibility into that, then you can't make good choices. And then like the last thing is kind of, and this is something Evelyn Duex says, I think she's writing a paper about this right now, but um, it's kind of about like, it's to your CDC point that like there needs to be a new agency. There's a, there's a, there's the FCC to like run all of the telecommunications. This is a much bigger problem than, in, yep. than a, I think than a Ma Bell type of like scenario. Um, and so I think that there needs to be kind of a new agency to do some of this work and to be like making calls about public health and also about monopoly power in these types of rules. So yeah, but great question. Thank you so much. Great to see you. All right, uh, there is a very important series of poll questions up and you should all answer them. Uh, uh, Lisa, which is to say at Pet Noodle and I are really curious about whether the foot issue is ultimately a gendered effect or not. And um, I think everybody should uh, give honest answers here uh, to see whether this is basically a men are happy to sell their feet and women are not effect, or whether it's a more complicated. This is like of... asking like cat calls. It feels like why is it like why aren't you just happy to get a compliment? Like like the men. I feel like right. Okay, right, Jennifer. No, I don't feel that way at all. You know, but like. But, if but if somebody wants a picture of my feet, it's not a okay. no skin off my back. I, 
I also am very curious to know if the majority of consumers of those photos are men or women or what so they, do you, they identify do you feel, also. Do you feel differently about it if, the, if, if you knew that the consumers are all creepy men? Um, than if it were a diverse array of I mean, you're leading. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, leading the witness, totally. Like, I just feel yeah. like you can't identify me based on my feet. Um, <laughs> Tony Kava, we have a very strange angle on you today. The floor Hi, is yours. Hey, he Hi. is back. I He's not back. in his house. I am not in my house, unfortunately, and I've missed you guys desperately. Are you wearing sandals, Tony? I turned in. Hang on. Oh, see? His feet are covered. See, now I'm all wearing... over the world, creepy men are like, oh, people, this was our moment. People with, with Nike fetishes. or uh, yeah. yeah, Nike fetishes. You know, I, I've missed this show so much, and I turn it on, and y'all are talking about foot fetishes. Well, we like, just, it was just for you, Tony. We, we can't help the debauchery <laughs> of Paula and Mateo. That's good God. And I can tell you that that is like, what's the right word for it? It's kind of like the meme of creepy guy is the guy who wants to take a picture of your feet. It's like the most disgusting thing. <laughs> I think if you ask women about their bad experiences in cabs, uh, you know, having the cabbie ask you if they could take a picture of their feet would probably be right up there. I once had a a cabbie ask me if he could take me to Whole Foods to buy me Keeper. (laughs) What? No, I really did. No, I remember this story. So you could try Keeper? How do you remember this story? You told it on the show. Oh, did I? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's, what's worse, after a picture of a woman's feet or drinking kefir? Which of those two is the worst? I don't know. <laughs> You're like revealing but, a uh... lot about your preferences here, Tony. <laughs> All right. What's on your yeah, mind, Mr. Kava? Well, I. I, I don't know if you guys already did it, but I was wondering if I could plug myself, if that would be okay, if that would be acceptable. It would. Uh, I was. If I plug I, myself. I. I, I DM'd you about this, but ah, it was just before it. the show. So, but it's better coming from you. Oh, so, okay. uh, well, great! Off well, you go. Well, thank you very much. Well, I don't know if you remember a few months before Rational Security closed shops. Uh, uh, Shane had as his uh, what? Uh, what do you call that? As his uh, object lesson, the story of a woman named Letta Powell Drake, who was a reporter and journalist and TV producer and actress out of Lincoln, Nebraska. And she had gone viral on Twitter uh, because uh, the, these videos of her were discovered. And uh, they, uh, you know, there are these incredible videos and, and Shane worships her and said he wanted her to be his guru. Anywho, she just passed away. And when she passed away, uh, Shane had posted a little uh, kind of obit to her, a little memorial to her on Twitter. And this fellow who does a podcast called Why Isn't This a Movie joined in. And I just jokingly said, yeah, why isn't this a movie? And then it turned out that uh, the guy, Mike Vago, said, hey, you come on the show and tell us how this could be a movie. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll do that. So I spent a week... Uh, 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 researching Letta uh, Powell Drake, and uh, she's an amazing woman. And we spent that uh, last night uh, recording the podcast, and uh, so that is going to drop on uh, Tuesday. And I think it sounded on my end like it came off really well. I don't know what it'll be like after editing, but it was an interesting experience. And uh, she was a super interesting woman. And I just would ask you all and to give it a listen if you have a chance a chance we certainly will yeah um, please send us send us uh, a link when well is wait is that the link is this be? the right I, I think this might be the right one but i'm not the sure show oh it's called uh yeah it's about mike vago and it's called uh why isn't this a movie i think it's called cool awesome it's a podcast that's what I, I always ask about cheese night well, he's looking for ideas. Obviously, if he's having me on the show, he must be desperate for ideas. And you should DM him 
And Don't downplay <laughs> your charming self, Tony Cava. Also, I love your sketches of Momo. Yes. They're well, so great. Thank you very much. That's uh, that is very encouraging. I will post more for you. You know what? Uh, you... All the time. Yeah. Okay, Joel. A great movie is all the uh, um, "Where's the Lie" uh, stories. Those could all be movies. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get more lies. Or like animation. "Where's the Lie"? Um, people who are just like somebody who like. I, I think agree. Jonathan Rausch really started it out right with like a story that had basically no element of truth to it. I was totally fooled. Yeah, I was completely fooled by it. Joel the Nudge, the floor is yours. Hi, friend. Um, was there anything in particular that you wanted me to speak to? I tend to post so much misspelled nonsense in the sidebar that, you know, on I the just... rare occasion I'm on, I'm actually... Not sure what I'm here for. Well, you left a, you left a quad, you left something in uh, the Q and A, which I just oh. interpreted to be an indication that you wanted to be on screen. It had to do with a podcast, but you don't have to talk about that. And when you post something in the Q and A, I interpret that as an invitation to be invited on screen. Which, cool by me. I was just... So, like here you are. What you do with your time on screen, you know, it's. It's uh, I, that's really up to you. Would it be okay if we had just a, a moment or two to talk about awkward family shit show? All what right, let's it? do it. This is uh, this is a podcast idea my business partner and I came up with uh, at lunch. So you can you know tell how serious we were. Uh, called awkward family shit show because we had just come out of the holidays and <laughs> everybody has a Thanksgiving story where you know Uncle Dave shows up and by the time he gets there he's half in the bag and then. Before the pumpkin pie shows up, he starts to talk about he how he and Aunt Trudy really never consummated the marriage they wanted to. And, you know, and then, oh, my God, everybody's just like, oh. You have much silent. more family oh. interestingness than I do. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's had the awkward family shit show at least once. So the podcast would be we would just invite kind of like you guys invite people on. Okay, what do you got for us? To, Tell us about you your to, horrific family interaction. So do, do you mean that you would actually just invite people on to talk about the awkward yeah. family shit show? Yeah, just you wouldn't invite the whole family, family on to yeah. have an awkward family shit show. Thank you. I was also confused about that. Um, I was like, that doesn't seem like something you can manufacture. It has to like come organically, like in the moment. No, there isn't a person on earth that does not have at least one of these in their back pocket. I don't think I have one. <laughs> Were you awake I don't really for think most I do. of the I, dinners? I, mean, I have to be honest. Like, I have one. I had one particularly bad uncle, but like, just generally speaking, my family is kind of smallish and so boring. Short. So here's the thing about my family. My family is. <laughs> large and interesting and is more than capable of producing an awkward yeah. family shit show but we also don't keep in touch except when we feel close to one another and oh. so like those of us who were actually in touch with one another really enjoy each other's company and when i see my family uh it's like really nice and um I can think of discreet, unpleasant interactions, but I'm not sure I can identify like a time wow. when we got the whole family together and it was a fucking disaster. And it just comes to a screeching halt and everybody's like, oh, God, Uncle Dave, every time. No, I mean, <laughs> see, like for me, I mean, you guys funny. have met like, my uncle, John. I mean, he's it? an like, eccentric guy, but it but it's really fun hanging out with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, this is, like, not something I get. Like, people are not, like, people dislike each other. <laughs> like, my, like, so when they're, like, when they're, there's not, it's, like, it's, like, people are, like, really angry when, it's not, like, funny that someone's doing this. It's, like, deeply annoying and grating type of thing. <laughs> like, is that What, what not... are you supposed to, like, uh, the time lag is before it gets funny? How many Thanksgivings before, you know, the old story gets funny again? I mean, like, I just... That's yeah, wound I, That's wound specific. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I don't know how bad it went, I suppose. So, so Joel, I mean, you set yeah. yourself up for this. 
Yeah, I if, sure did, didn't I? What was, if you were on the show, uh, uh, Awkward Family Shit Shows, what story would you tell? Um, there's a couple of them. Uh, one of them had to do with, we went to somebody's house, a family relative, and throughout the meal, one of the kids was going upstairs and turning the thermostat up. And the temperature was getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter in the room. Everybody's just sitting around sweating and nobody wants to say anything because we're all such reserved Midwesterners that no one would speak <laughs> up on the matter. And it's just it's, the walls are melting. And then finally somebody, you know, has to. But that was a really long kind of appetizer course. I can tell you. <laughs> That's like a great prank, though. It really yeah, is. That is a really that would be one example. Another one. Uh. Did have a dinner with a another family friend that uh, descended into a political nightmare, then ends with the host standing up and doing a little something about, you don't understand, we don't have a democracy anymore. Mic drop, left. Oh dear. <laughs> that one was also like, it was like, wow, that was great. That was the yeah. best one of those I've ever seen. <laughs> You know. So what what about you, GDF? If you had a uh, ha had to appear as a guest on Awkward Family Shit Shows, would you have, you like have eight a, siblings. How would a you story to tell on the frame? Oh come on, there's gold in there. We have, yeah, there's so many good stories, but there's <laughs> that's the problem. Is like, how do you pick? And it's not it's 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 more pranks and like hilarity in my immediate family than anything else. Actually, one of my brothers did do something similar to the thermostat prank to one wow. of my other brothers and his girlfriend because they were staying in the bedroom that he had wanted to stay in and so he like kept going in there and cranking the thermostat up over the night and they woke up the next morning they were drenched and they're like <laughs> what is happening the air conditioning is broken he had turned on the heat he had made it impossible okay um, so we have a winner in the chat here devin nunez's yeah. lawyer says one of the grandchildren unplugged my dad's oxygen and no one realized it for a couple of hours. Hilarity ensued. Okay. That's, we gotta say, that's good. I will note that on the poll, a very solid majority is asked answering no to would you have a story to tell on awkward family shit shows. So it sounds like, so it sounds like it's like, like a show that everyone would want to watch <laughs> and but the relatively I, I, few I, I, good I, guests I, would be I mean, well thank you i think this should be made i think you should produce I it um I tuned and in. i would have no great story to tell on it christopher arduris hey, it's late in london Yes. Speaking of awkward family shit shows, don't we already have that in the form of congressional hearings? Oh. <laughs> yes. That's, that's my uh, that's my homage. Since we don't have Shane Harris on uh, rational security, that's my uh, homage to him for the the awkward transition or the non. -awkward. How do you like the new rational security? By the way, um, it's it's different. I mean, of course, I I miss the OG the OG crew, um, and I hope that you guys, you know, do do make your um, occasional appearances on the show. I mean, I, I think it's going to take a while for the new crew to kind of develop a rapport. And um, that's just more of my honest feedback. Yeah. All anyway, right. Um, so uh, on, on the subject of congressional hearings, um, could we just give like uh, Blumenthal a little bit of benefit of the doubt and, and, and presume that he might have been asking more for, for social media companies to and anonymous accounts and to require like Facebook requires real name and on the balance of harms. Okay. He was not, he was not, but I mean, maybe like okay. maybe, but that's not like, that's okay. not like he didn't okay. use the term correctly okay. like so, at all. Yeah. Okay. Like, so, so just, and it was clear that she was trying to talk about accounts and he was not parsing that a Finsto okay. is like not a product that Facebook makes. And that it's like, in fact, a like, type of account that people like sure, create, sure, like sure. create so okay. like but i mean like i'm sure he also wants that thing yeah so fine but i mean but so no. could, you, could you talk could you discuss sort of like on the balance of harms like requiring twitter and other 
places that don't already require people to, to use their real name or authentication, uh, how that would impact uh, online ab abuse and trolling. Um, yeah, so Antigone said this a little bit like in the conversation, which was just that like, which was like that she was starting to respond to, which is like getting to the justification that teenagers have for creating Finstas, which is basically that they want to have different layers of privacy. So they create different accounts in order to like de-link or be able to, it's like, it, you know, it's a little bit like how like, I don't like friending people on Facebook that I work with at various mm. points in like my job. And I just have things with them on LinkedIn. Well, like, for teenagers that don't go on, like, you know, that want to make the same types of distinctions, they create different levels of accounts. Yeah. And, uh, and so she was talking about basically trying to build in privacy mechanisms to, um, privacy mechanisms to Instagram itself that would allow that type of like intermediate tooling for so like but so basically that like people like a little bit like how yeah. Facebook has tried to do this with their the only other thing is I will just say that there has been real name policy has been like is hard is has is incredibly hard to enforce it has led to a lot of problems and people have had accidental bans from Facebook or things like that because they are required a lot of times to like um, they're required to uh, show like their ID like and have their ID like they, you know to re-verify your account or get back into your account you have to show your ID it's like there's a lot of people who want to have fake Instagram accounts and like there's a lot of data that shows that what about Twitter have, or yeah um, I mean, what, what, Twitter just what, doesn't yeah I mean I don't think that they are uh, I, I mean I just don't think that they police in the same way like and because they've given individuals so much more tools for blocking and because it's uh, not a walled garden the way like Instagram and Facebook is. And I say that in the sense of like, my, my like most Insta, well, some Instagram is very public, but like most, no Facebook pages are public. Like, right? Like a lot, most people have like private Facebook pages that are like private to the people that they specifically friend and then have to like make distinctions within that. Twitter is like, most people don't have like the, use Twitter in a locked capacity. Most of them use it as like a very public capacity. So like, you're not making that type of fine grains. The whole idea is that you basically say every, if you're going to be saying something on Twitter, you say it to everyone who follows you or talk to. Um, and so it's just a different level of expectation. Would you agree with that, Ben? I don't know. Oh, you're muted. I do. I, I think on Twitter, nobody expects to be speaking to a small community. Uh, you just don't have control over what you say. Whereas in Facebook, you really can create discrete communities that uh, are you know, not private, but relatively contained. Yeah, I think that's right. Also, I really like, so Cash Hill has written about this a lot or first wrote about it, which is like the friends you may know. And I find this to be one of the, or like people you may know function that Facebook and LinkedIn and like Instagram, which has gotten slowly better. Which but is how use... I keep getting like, there are all these like people who tried to overturn the election who Facebook keeps saying, you know, you may also know, you know, uh, Rudy Giuliani or, like, um, or, you know, maybe you should be friends with Sidney Powell. Um, I mean, I just think that like, I find like one of the examples Cash uses in that piece is like basically someone's like someone being recommended their friend's therapist um and like because like they had a per you know they had a person in common and they were like you know so and so is also like because they were both in like like the friend was in both of their contacts so they got recommended to each other and i mean i think that that kind of like and this happens to me with sources and with like like i think it's i had my friends have had it happen with ex like new girlfriends of their ex-boyfriend like all kinds of stuff so like i just think it's like very it's like an unpleasant feature it's excellent i think we should all be connected on facebook with our friends therapists richard wattenbarger <laughs> the, the floor so that, is yours they're probably telling you this what's going on but let me tell you how fucked up they really are <laughs> yeah exactly 
you know, it says, you know, you may also want a session with. <laughs> we just scratched the surface today. Yeah. Richard, so, so the let me is yours. tell you how they I, feel about feet. Sorry. I feel strongly about feet. Uh, I, I, I'm a proud um, overpronator, so I, uh, um, which is a nice. You know, that people used to say flat feet, but I guess you are fallen arches, but I, I guess you can't say that anymore. So, um, so do you, any of you actually have cheese tonight, or is this like you do have cheese? Oh, I have I was, cheese. I held up my gouda I, and I, I have one. Vermont cheddar. Okay, I I was worried that that you know we were watching the opening skirmishes of the war on cheese night. And uh, no, 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 take the cheese out of cheese night. That would be awful. Um, so I'm wondering if any of you have, uh, at this point in the pandemic, if you have uh, gone to a movie or a Hell no. concert or the opera or anything in an enclosed space like that, and would we you? We asked you this question you a couple weeks for? ago, I think. Hmm? I said, we asked you this question a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yes, you um, did. I'm, I so have I, not. It's back at you. I, I have not, not either. Have you, Jay? Aladdin just GDF? Went down. Oh, I went. Down. I went to the um, candlelight music, but uh, that was like socially distanced, and it was technically indoors, but they had all the doors open. Um, excuse me. Is that your um, stomach? What? So, in my case. I can tell you pretty precisely what I'm waiting for, which is I'm waiting for the uh, number of cases per 100,000 in the jurisdiction of the venue to be below 10. Right now in the District of Columbia, we have about 24 new cases per 100,000 people, which is to say not high enough to seriously restrict your uh, behavior, but enough that like going into a large venue with a large number of people still seems silly. Um, and uh, I think once you get those numbers below a certain level, uh, the and I, I don't know why for me the number is 10, but, um, uh, you know, 10 just feels like very few. Um, and I feel like I'm willing to risk that. So I think we're like two and a half times the prevalence level that I would be comfortable with. What about you, Richard? Um, I'm still I'm still nervous about it. But so the dilemma I have right now is I. I want to go to see the Met uh, in HD a week from tomorrow. And um, I'm just not, I just don't know if I'm, I feel safe to go, actually go into a movie theater. For, so what are they showing? For, uh, Boris Goodenough. Oh, so is, can I yeah. uh, suggest that if yeah. you subscribe to the Met streaming service, I believe they do, they, they uh, do all yeah. of those live on it. Oh, do they on the streaming I think so. I've never watched one on it because I like to do it on big screens. Um, yeah. But I think you can watch them all, at, or at, at the minimum, once it's run, you can watch it not live on that. Yeah. Well, a lot of them, uh, you know, a lot of them they end up uh, issuing on Blu-ray eventually, anyway. So, right, uh, which is another way to hear. But so, so um, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't do it yet. Yeah. All right. Uh, the estimable duck was the pants. Ducks with pants is here, Hi, and nice he has a he has a song he wants to perform. Oh. Well, yes. And since we're doing plugs, um, I missed my opportunity earlier in this week when we were discussing fisheries to plug this particular song. So I fish with I pants. Um. No. No. This is. Um, a song that covers a wide variety of topics, um, ecology, theology, and ichthyology, but um, <clears throat> alas, not pants on the fish. Um, it's also a song of some personal significance, as this will be the first EG 
Phillips song on vinyl. Um, or at Ooh. least um, the first E.G. Phillips song for which I have signed away the rights such that it can be on vinyl. We'll see if cool. this comes to fruition. But uh, <clears throat> uh, fellow singer-songwriter uh, in the San Francisco area, uh, Ken Newman, has covered this song. and He's uh, working on pressing vinyl as we speak. So, um, so in that context, I have this song, which is called The Fish Song. <laughs> Try to cramp latitudes in a map and just jam them in. He's a tuna can like there are many fish in the sea. And when God has touched each grain of sand, well, it sounds to me like someone has too much time on his hands. And I don't want to have to spend all my life as a fisherman. If I catch a fish, should I draw her from the water? Watch her flop about my death before I cut and get her. Oh, cook her up in olive oil and serve her for supper. And once I have consumed her, I should have to catch another. And soon the sea is shabby, empty for all, and we'll go fishing. No appetites are satisfied, and that's just wishful thinking. They're polluting all our rivers with their lines and constant angling. That's why around the world, that's as choking as entangling. If you feed a man a fish, you fill his belly for a night. But if you teach a man to fish, he's famished, but he's occupied. Me, I'm so sick of baiting hooks with fancy lures and worms and flies. I'd rather sail on your name to fly and hope that fish fall from the sky. Perhaps I ought to drive my skin till the lake and scales. Shed my cold limbs for some fins and spin myself a tail. I'll spin my whole to myself till I develop gills of the blowhole of a whale. And then I can make some plans with all the fish in the sea if they'll have me. Yay! So, Excellent. So that's the uh, that was song. great. Great lyrics. Yes. Yeah, so uh, you you blinked off in there, but your voice stayed on in the Crowdcast bandwidth-preserving uh, thing. So the awesome thing about that is that it actually looked like a duck with pants was performing that song because uh, there was a duck okay. with pants and a guitar singing about fish. There we go. Well, you, you can find that on my um, uh, first album, uh, Fish from the Sky. And as well as an alternate version, a country version uh, from uh, Nashville Recordings Volume One, the first EP. Excellent. That we should we should uh, begin revive the tradition, the ancient tradition of ending cheese night with a song. Yeah, that was fun. That yeah, was I great. Think that was good. Thank um, you, Doc. Thank, thank you, you yeah. with Mister with pants, um, which is I think <laughs> how I'm going to refer to you in the future. <laughs> Unless with is a middle name. John I think it's more like the Della in Della Fera. It's part of the whole. It's, yeah, even though there's a space. Yeah. It's not ducks with pants. It's, <laughs> I don't know. Ducks with pants. With pants, yeah. <laughs> I think that's exactly right. We are going to leave it there. Kate Klonick, Genevieve Della Fera, Luke you're all great Americans, some are louder you, ben. than others. Um, <laughs> we will be back on Monday. There will be a guest. No idea who it's going to be. Noah Rosenblum. It's going to be Noah Rosenblum, <laughs> who's a great American. And it'll be a bunch of hours and one minute from now. <laughs> and until then, Luke. We don't have fun anymore. But we have the right to take photos of our feet. Uh, that and was I bet that he's was... getting really good at this stage of putting them in his mouth. Yes, he's getting flexed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the great conversations we've ever had on this show. It was so good. 
Um, so thank you, Paula and Matteo. And I didn't know this was a thing. I'm totally tweeting a picture of my feet. Um, oh my God. <laughs> do not do that. Do not do, just don't it's the, do that. It's going to be the no. good morning image tomorrow. Yeah. Ben's going to make an NFT. It's going to happen. <laughs> Bye, guys. Oh At least do it on an airplane so you can troll Tom Nichols. Oh, I think funny. I can troll Tom Nichols with it just by doing it. I once showed up at a green room for MSNBC. I know. Uh, in had... flip-flops because I knew Tom Nichols, Nichols was going to be there. Gonna be... I know you told me this. Told really? This. Yeah. It, 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 made, it made us both happy in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Happy Friday, everybody.